1: Good evening. Welcome back to South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus Farrow. I'm Chris McCarthy. And we're joined by New Bedford Lights Colin Hogan. Hey Colin, how are you?
2: I'm good. How are you? Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Um
1: so you you're um you've been doing a lot of education reporting uh here in New Bedford. You've talked about um some of the uh the, the Vogtech admission stuff that we've been talking about here and uh what I you know what I want the focus of the conversation to be is is the um the sort of the book banning topics, especially considering there are still some hotly contested uh, races over in, uh, in in the Tri-Town area uh, to, to look at. But before we get started on that, um, you know, just tell the audience a little bit about yourself because this is the first time you're here uh, with us.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I'm a reporter at the New Bedford Light. As you mentioned, my area of focus is education, um, and I've been doing that since June of last year. I moved up to New Bedford Um I came here actually from a background in teaching, so I started out my career as a high school math teacher. Um, I taught in two different places, uh, rural Mississippi and then in Brooklyn. Um, I taught all levels of high school math, and my story is that during the pandemic, I uh, was online teaching for a year, and like a lot of folks found that to be unfulfilling, and I ended up applying to uh, some graduate programs and transitioned into journalism from that route. And I've been at the New Bedford Light writing about education and and taking my experience as a teacher um, and and trying to inform people in the community about the local school systems and and what's going on here. Um, Are there any like –
1: I know there's a lot you probably took from that experience teaching, um, but just a little bit more about yourself. Um, are there like what are the most like I, like salient lessons that you've you've taken uh, from your time teaching, and what like what do, what do you think people should know about education in uh, America more broadly?
2: Sure. So I taught in some low income areas, and one of my biggest takeaways from that line of work is how central the schools are as an institution in people's lives and communities' lives. Um, low income schools end up feeding their students two meals a day, and often those can be their only two meals of the day. Yeah, They administer a lot of social services from counseling to speech therapy, um, and they can just be one of the few gathering places for a community, uh, whether it's sports, the arts, um, and, and even political places for people to come together and decide how their communities work. Schools are a very important gathering place, and I think they determine a lot more about a community um, than than just what goes on in the four walls of a classroom. And that's sort of the experience I bring into education. That's why I decided I wanted to write about education and, and make the transition I did. I think that uh, people in, in this country um, would be better served if we had better education systems. And that's regardless of whether or not you have children in the school system, whether you are in the school system. I think they do a lot for us and – there's uh no bad investments in in our education. So um one of the uh one of the stories that you'd written that picked up uh,
1: I think some steam right it was on uh talking politics i know it was uh it was about the um the topic of book banning which becomes sort of a national issue which be, which has become a national issue but it's become really prominent here in the south coast it's been a topic in all the all of the uh school committee elections that have happened in the in the surrounding towns thus far. Um, One of the most heated areas is in Rochester. Can you tell us a little bit, you know, or tell us what's going on in Rochester or in in the tri-town area, I should say, Marion, Rochester, Mattapoisette?
2: Yeah. So starting in, I believe it was September, there's a complaint. I'm not sure what the right word is. Um, There was something lodged to the school committee saying that there was some books that should be removed from school libraries. Uh, That was brought to the community's attention, and whoever submitted the complaint quickly rescinded it. Um, It's not clear exactly why, but the issue of book bans, which, as you mentioned, had been gaining a lot of national press, um, stuck around in the community. I think I saw a lot on social media that caught my attention. Um, It ended up being a a heated discussion uh, during public comment periods at the ORR school committee throughout the fall and winter. And ultimately, what happened is there was so much discussion about it that one school committee member, Matt Montero, reissued the complaint. And he said, I'm doing this as a matter of transparency. There's been so much talk about these books, but there's no complaint. We're going to undergo the review process they would have gone through to satisfy people and, and make sure that those who were complaining um, or, or have been coming to school committee meetings and making comments. Know that we've been through the right processes. These processes do exist. Uh, so the school committee uh, has a referral process where there's a school librarian, a school principal, um, and one school committee member. But it was not Montero who submitted the the complaint. And they reviewed these books. They went through the process and actually then took an additional step and sent um, all the books again to the superintendent and asked him to personally verify that they that these books were. Uh, appropriate to be in the school the what's school the hours.
0: nature of the content of the books
2: yeah so most of the books are regarding the lgbtq experience or are by lgbtq authors or are about um issues one book that came up a lot was the bluest eye which is about that i read that in college yeah, yeah me too um so a lot of these books um what's the problem with that book yeah you know i as I
0: remember, there might be some sexual content in it, but
1: I don't remember. Being From what graphic. I remember about the They're book, is, is it's more about uh, sort, of of how, uh, sort of the stigmatization of how like black people were yeah, stigmatized and how they looked, and how it's you shouldn't really it shouldn't be right. I
0: read it in college, yeah, which
1: I have to admit was a bit
0: ago, but <laughs> but I don't remember yeah. the book as being anything really. Uh, um,
2: I'll say that you know. There were not specific things okay. said about that book in Old Rochester and other places around the country because it is a oh, no, I know that yeah. That comes up on a lot of these book ban requests. So basically, there's a rape scene. So, so essentially, so, oh, it's a rape okay. scene. Oh, yeah. right. there's, yeah. there's a rape scene. There's a rape scene. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's,
0: yeah you're right. That's right. Yeah, That's yeah, right. yeah. All right. Okay. So, yeah. Which is appropriate
1: maybe for a high school kid, but probably not for an elementary. Well, so, know, just well like, so just to clarify... With that too, it's that no one really lodged any specific complaints about that book. It was probably just on a list of books somewhere, yeah. by like the Heritage well, a, Foundation or something. I or, doubt with the Heritage
0: Foundation, but the, yeah, whatever. The,
1: the um, i was just saying a random
0: conservative group. The, the well, it's important that we that we are specific. Here well, there is one specific group, and we'll talk about yeah, that because yeah. because a local. As group. I understood some of the books are have a real sexual nature, which again, when you get to be about. I don't know what, 13 or so might be appropriate um, in, you know, um, but below that, it might not yet be appropriate. You know, um, I, I guess. It's a complex issue, it really is. How, how do you report on it? Explain your theory, you know, your, your philosophy of reporting on this because it's, it's complex, it's emotional
2: definitely and i thought um it was important to explain to people what some of these books were and what some of the specific complaints were got as it. we have got into right. um and one of the main books that was at the center of a lot of complaints in orr and so you know i can say more specifically what people were upset about is this book called Gender Queer, yeah which is a graphic novel and it's specifically oh. about the author's coming of age story so it's
0: cartoons like or?
2: yeah okay yeah All right. um like in a you know, a comic book, but extended to the length of a novel, um, and it's about the author's coming-of-age story, where they question their own gender identity and sexuality, and part of that is asking questions about who am I attracted to? What might it be like to be intimate with this person? Also, how you know do I pleasure myself? Masturbation is a topic of the book, and a lot of parents said this is pornography. This is something that we don't want in our schools. Um, and there is, you know, a discussion to be had because, um, yeah, people. I think if you said that this is pornography, say no, it shouldn't be in a school. But it was reviewed and has been reviewed both by the Orr Committee now and around the country, and, and it's a book that ends up, I think, passing tests from a lot of librarians. Because it ends with a- it's a story, and it's a <laughs> does it have a happy ending? <laughs> You know i've looked
1: through the book i okay. haven't actually
0: finished it comes okay. to a crescendo i find out I the same <laughs> problem with those books their climax I, I looked
2: through right. the book but right. I, I don't know the content of the ending you just and couldn't I get to the end of the story i had that problem with the panels forum too <laughs> um you see
1: why he's, he's he's regretting coming here uh but uh <laughs> we'll give you a recommendation for the next job so, <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry so i i am too uh <laughs> so, Colin. Um, so the
0: but it has pictures that go along with us, basically. All right. All right. So that might be a little tough
1: in the school. But this library. is in the high school, right? This is the high school. The high school. Okay. So but look
0: at us. We're I'm fifty, you're yeah, in your 30s. thirty-four. Yeah, we're laughing. He's not. He's the most mature person. He's the math teacher. <laughs> he's the math Would teacher. Would you want yet. to be able to teach with two
1: jackasses <laughs> like this in that book? No. Not conducive to the learning. Well, so um, so. I the, <laughs> I, um, I sort of just blithely threw out the, uh, the Heritage Foundation but there is actually a lo- more localized conservative organization, I think it can define as politically conservative or- organization that's behind these book banning issues. Can you tell us more about that organization?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I'm going to just tell the whole story of how I decided to report this story because we wanted to do more than just say this is an issue at school committees. Mm-hmm. What my sort of task was in looking at this is why has this become an issue? Sure. And so I wanted to really understand what were some of the motivations behind the parents, um, Has how long has this been affecting the schools? So I ended up looking to see who had made public record requests to the ORR district. Yeah. And one group – and there's actually multiple groups that – define themselves as conservative, who were asking in, about all sorts of materials in the libraries, in the schools, um, sex ed curriculum. And one group in particular, the Massachusetts Family Institute, caught my eye and I, and I gave a call to their founder, um, or I guess he's not their founder, he's their president. Right. And his name is Andrew Beckwith. Um, and he told me that this, for the past couple of years, he's been making records requests across the state uh, in order to learn more about what's in school libraries, what's in sex ed curriculums, because it can help drive turnout in elections. Um, that and he believes... He, he admitted that. Yeah, he he, yeah. he told me that this is something that, you know, parents feel strongly about. Mm. Um, but also that his organization, you know, this isn't... This is on their website. They say, we promote the Judeo-Christian family values in yeah. our government and schools. And um, any sex outside of heterosexual marriage is a sin and also a threat to the family. Yeah. So some very socially conservative views and it was his agenda and mission to um use this to to learn about what was going on in schools across the state and the end goal was to get parents a little bit fired up and, and come out to vote in school committee elections which is really a, a grassroots way to build the republican party in massachusetts a largely blue state um what's are in dire
1: need of doing right they they need the ground up building after uh, after what happened in the last election actually that's neither here nor there so one of the one of the candidates that they've that they've um sort of been you know sort of bringing up is is a is a local guy um I know him from the feast. we served together on the feast um Joe Pyers, right oh yeah I know he's Joe. been the face of, yeah he's been the face of this and so you know what have they done with uh school committee member Pyers um to sort of mobilize this effort?
2: Yeah, there. Um, so I found this out because I went to a couple of Rochester Town Republican meetings, and I where Joe is a regular. I'm sorry, um, <laughs> I, I had fun. Um, Ann Fernandez is another regular at those meetings, and she's right. a school committee member for the Rochester School Committee. Which, uh, in a sort of short explanation of the convoluted structure, there's a each town of the tri-town has its own school committee for elementary schools, right? And, and then and all, all three come together for ORR. Yeah, so two school committee members who are not on the same school committee, so no, like, open meeting law allegations or anything. They're on different committees. But they're both at this Rochester Town Republican Committee meeting. And they talked openly and said that, you know, we received training from the Mass Family Institute. And, you know, if we're looking for representation, if to uh, file more complaints against the school committee and and get, you know, things that we care about, like, uh, you know, lodged on public record... Um, the mass family institute could be a a good partner for us and because i've been doing this reporting that that rang a bell um and i saw this connection between you know not only the statewide effort to pull out parents uh, or sorry get out parents for these votes but also directly working with elected officials to help their election campaigns um and uh that was a connection for me about how this works. It's it's not just information. It's also working with candidates and, and promoting their agenda.
1: So we're speaking with Colin Hogan of the New Bedford Light. I think actually we'll we'll take a break now and then we'll continue the conversation on the other end. Uh, this is South Coast Tonight. We, 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 can't, we can't say
0: that on the air. <laughs> we can't say it on the air, but it could be in a school. That's... Kind of funny, right? <laughs> um, I think I could say it on the air. You can say it on the air, but I don't. I, you don't I, want to say it on I the would air. prefer that you didn't. Well, I'm not going to say it on the air because even though my parents are dead. I mean, if I you want
1: to, it's entirely it. your decision, but I just want to make my objection clear about that. But, <laughs> if, but, but it's in the book. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, dead children can see. I mean, I guess that's what, what I
2: end. In other can words, children see it? So I, I'm happy to just—I'll say it. Like you know, we talked about the book "Gender Queer," and we were just off-air talking about you know a little bit more specifically what was like the masturbation and sex scenes in that, and you know the author was imagining a possible sexual encounter um, where they would have needed a sex toy.
0: Right. There and, you go. You
2: know, this is you know for
0: available on Amazon right next door. Nothing. It's a promotional. Piece, but <laughs> they're right next door, Colin. Did you notice so, that? I did not. No. But 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 here's the right thing. next door. We have a sex store.
2: Okay, literally here's right next thing. door.
0: Here's the thing. Um, but that's in a school.
2: But it's, it's it for high school students. You know, it's it's a book about you know my sex identity who i'm attracted to what might it be like to have sex you know in a non traditional way like what does that entail
1: don't but th- is not isn't high school the age where people get you know start to learn more about that stuff i remember i went to stay like Catholic did. school
0: again i'm not bragging here boys but i certainly learned more about sex uh, in high school they they they, <laughs> they <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yes. I mean, I mean that is when you learn about it. And, um, and one of the key differences, too, like we said before, is it's the difference, too, between these books are not books on how to have sex or books about sex. This was a person's memoir, and there's a scene in it, which, as we're talking about, high right. schoolers think about sex, and this character was thinking about sex. It, it doesn't end for high schoolers. As
0: I, as I can tell you, well into your 50s, you're, you're still right there. Right? You know, I mean, it's a part of life. Yeah, I just wonder. Again, thinking back on my own experience in high school, is it would we have taken it seriously, or would we have just made horseplay out of it? I don't know. I, I well, what you know. You were a school teacher. Well, what was your experience with that type of stuff? Did you experience that type of stuff?
2: You know, I taught high school math, so I didn't have any specific experience with, like, choosing literature or teaching sex ed or anything like that. So you
0: didn't teach math with sex toys? I, I did not. All right. Okay.
2: Um, I used
0: pennies,
2: nickels, things like that, but times have changed. I, I personally did not teach math with any toys. <laughs> um, you see the oh, – oh, it can be silly, right? Absolutely. And, yeah. and, you know, the thing is, too, there are lots of parents who in this day and age, like we're saying, times have changed. You know, specifically want um, an education about people's different gender identities, sexual preferences to be part of their education, um, but they're parents who don't. And right. one of the big debates about the book banning was, um, you know, should this be a school-wide policy versus can parents make a choice? And what a lot of people have said in response is parents have always been able to make a choice and to this day can and, and are encouraged to. Right. Um, you know, we've been talking about ORR. I also was able to get on the phone with a Dartmouth school librarian at Dartmouth Middle, and she said, you know, Laura Gardner. Yes. Yeah. yeah. She's um, a
1: candidate for school committee here in Fairhaven. Too. Yep. Yeah.
2: Um, and, and she said, you know, I, I really welcome um, parents who want to come in and have a conversation. If they say don't lend this book to my child, I'm happy to do that. And sure. I, I have done that. So, you know, whether or not like we're talking about this is, you know, you know, do I feel it's appropriate or not? Well, professionals have made the decision that the nature of these books are appropriate for high schoolers. And if you happen to disagree with them, the professionals are still happy to not lend these books to your children. Um, and the policy of taking them out is what was offensive to a lot of people as well.
1: Well, so in one of the um,
0: – that seems reasonable though, right? If your parent says, hey, don't give my kid that book, that's
1: we, – we've got a call Let's Let's take it. Let's see where it goes. Good evening.
3: Good evening, guys.
1: Hey, good evening.
3: You guys are enjoying this subject a little too much, I think. I mean, it's out there, and now you guys have to come on and still talk about it and laugh about it and all. I mean...
0: Well, because I really don't know much about it. pervert. What do you say?
3: I- I'm sorry. You no. guys are laughing about it and talking. All the stores are closing up and any minute, and all the libraries are going to close up. The kids can see everything right online. You don't even have to go and get a book anymore. Okay. Yeah. You guys are talking this and that, masturbation, this and that. Don't we hear it enough?
0: I really don't know what you yeah, hear. I don't know. I don't know I, what you I, I think, you I think hear it's the first time yeah, the in my entire life. No, 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 idea. hold it. Hold it. It's the first time in my life I've ever had this topic whatsoever. <laughs> I've never <laughs> used the word masturbation yeah. in my entire
3: yeah, media career. He knows. Come on. You guys know. You're gone I know what Kansas, it is. A I'm a very, a
0: very, very, very familiar it? with the you subject. Guys are what? That's
3: it. You guys
0: are. Yeah. it's
1: Come on. Listen.
0: Yeah. All right.
1: Like, shut what up. Are you? What are you really doing, buddy? Why <laughs> yeah. is this bothering yeah, you so much? Like, I hear about masturbation all the time. Golly gee, I wonder why. Really? Yeah. Get away from the elementary yeah, school. Yeah, yeah. Get away from... Yeah, I know. It's kind of weird. You right, know? Read his phone number now. We've got to report him to the police. Yeah. Listen. His, it yeah. is... Anyway, um, Colin... Uh, a curious subject. Sorry you had to hear that name call. But um, you talked about Dartmouth. There was a race that's been decided in Dartmouth already. The Rochester, the old Rochester race is still going on. Think, uh, it'll be settled next yeah, month. Yeah, Mattapoisett has election what next month or? Yeah, they They're all, all do. Nine. Okay, yeah. they are, they all do. Um, the the tri the but in Dartmouth there were Lynn Turner who we interviewed here. You quoted uh, uh, her from from here in this in, the, in that article and and. Uh, She is a book banner. She wanted to ban books. She was very squishy about it. You know, she was like, well, let's take a look at things and ask some questions and see what things are. But her, her, the time, from the time she went on here to the time that she went on, uh, that she had the, the, the meet the candidates night, she got a little bit more definitive about her position on book banning. And I think Eric Morenzi, who said she wasn't really a book banner, uh, still said something c- c- kind of like I don't trust the librarians, right? Yeah. yeah. So that election, though, it didn't go their way, if I recall correctly. Kathleen Amaral won pretty handedly, and and, um, and then uh, Bess Coughlin won as well. Do Does it signal that, I think, the you know, is it signaling that the general public isn't really in 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 lockstep or in line with these types of more socially conservative views on on book banning?
2: Well, I think it's too early to say definitively where people will fall or are falling, but I think <clears throat> we can say that so far, the candidates who tried to use this as an issue um, to to drive out turnout, it, it didn't seem to work as a good strategy for them. Mm-hmm. And I think if you look around the country at these book ban debates. Uh, that same logic applies it, it gets a lot of attention and it gets people really riled up um, on both sides of the issue you know, um, the idea of taking a book out of a library is very offensive to some people the idea of talking about sex at all is very offensive to some people um, and so it gets a lot of attention it drives discourse and it hasn't really been a winning strategy and in the few elections that we've seen here so far it, that has been the case um, but nowhere has it dominated the discourse like uh, the Tritown area. Um, and also, some of the candidates there, like Joe Pires, are incumbents. So I think there's a lot left to be seen about yeah, good point. what um, this means for elections. But at this point, I think we can say it hasn't worked very well.
0: So, Colin, um, I asked you off the air. Um, one of my, you know, as this, this debate popped up, and I've been reading your, your articles, um, when did these books. The graphic novels appear in the libraries because when I went through school, we had health curriculum, things like that, sex ed. You know, there was a book you it was part of the curriculum. It was structured. It doesn't sound like this is a structured part of the curriculum. It sounds like it's just on the shelf along with Huckleberry Finn if you want to grab it for the weekend or something. Is, am I understanding that correctly?
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, the specific book we were talking about is called Gender Queer. And in ORR, um, th- this was part of their review. They said it's been on the shelf since 2020 and had no complaints about it since then. Um, some of the other books we were talking about, like The Bluest Eye, has been on the shelves there since 2008, um, at, at least as far as they were able to trace it back. So these books in in ORR were around for a long time, and it becoming an issue there coincided more with national debates. Um, And, you know, like I tried to point out in the article, also efforts uh, around the state to make this an issue uh, from the Mass Family Institute and others. So these books have been around longer, and these debates are relatively new and seem to be pegged to other Show news events
0: did the library buy this graphic novel, or was it how did it get in the school to begin with in two thousand a couple of years ago?
2: I actually don't know if okay um it was bought or donated I'm, i can't answer
0: yeah really. you know in other words because it doesn't su- in other words it's not a structured curriculum it's just there
2: yeah that's true for okay. for these for the o r r that's exactly right they're just looking to take books out of the library, but I will say um it's not not the kids't are assigned the book. No. Um, I mean, the other half of this debate though is um, sex ed curriculum is teaching these days that you know you can um, question your gender identity or sexual preferences. and that issue has been lumped in a lot with the book Banning debates to say that um, you know even just teaching a kid that it's okay to have a sexual relationship outside of heterosexual marriage, is something that people do. You know, someone like the Mass Family Institute says that's a fundamental threat to um, me and my family, and that's part of what's energizing that group and how they hope to energize parents. Um, so, you know, the sex ed and curriculum itself does get lumped in with this book banning debates. So it's so, it, and I think this is I think this is important to underscore here. The
1: organization that's behind the local movement here in the tri town to ban those books, and to move book-banning candidates forward is an organization that is uh, unequivocally against the LGBTQ community and LGBTQ rights.
2: That's a fair statement.
1: Um, uh, Let's go to the phones. Good
2: evening.
3: Good evening. Hello. (laughs) Hi. How are you doing? How are you? Good, I'm well. How how are you? you? Hey, how's it going? Anyway, I got a couple of comments. Um, One, at nighttime after... um, after um Levine, there's another guy, I forgot his name right now. Well one night I put it on right and I couldn't believe what he was saying. Maybe this, <laughs> this fella knows Charlie about Kirk. It. Yeah, well maybe this the guy you have on right now because he was talking about he had a man on uh, somebody on that talk artist boys how to masturbate. And I don't know if that lady thinks Stuff that's perverted. I don't know what she's thinking, <laughs> about. no. But uh, masturbation's part of life, even for women. But women, a lot of women don't. They deny it. Um, they make believe they never did it. Sure. But I, I don't. I, I beg to differ. Uh, I think maybe they. Some of them haven't. But I. It's part of. Uh, uh, you know, finding your own body. And, yes. Right. It's natural. I, I mean, it's part I, of a- I, I. I mean.
0: I. I think that everyone would agree with that. Except maybe right. the Mass Family Institute, Johnny. Thanks. I
3: just wanted to say I don't think you guys are perverts. No, oh, thank well, you. we appreciate thank that. You. Thank
1: appreciate you. That. Thank you. I appreciate
3: okay. that. I, Good night. I,
1: night. Thanks. I, I, thanks, Johnny.
0: <laughs> I, I do just think, from the standpoint of trying to manage a classroom, that I'm just remembering back to my juvenile delinquent days, which obviously were not that long ago. Um, I haven't developed much since then, but. It can. I, I can imagine it can create a, a ruckus for students who use it as comedy hour, right? As opposed to kids who really are going through some questioning issues, you know. And that's a weird
2: time in life, you know. Uh, anyway, I mean, I don't think that's any different than health class at oh, any time in history. So it was. You know, I'm older than you
0: guys. We had the AIDS crisis. It had just come about, okay, in the '80s. So you had all these teachers who were trying to figure out a way to teach it, right? And they had, most of these guys were Vietnam War guys, right? Men, men and women. So they'd been through the sexual revolution. But, you know, it was a, a delicate time because you had you had the, the gay rights movement, you know, was coming coming into its own. Um, it, was a, it was a, you know, you had people who were maybe uncomfortable with stuff. Plus you still had eighth grade boys. Try to explain topics like that to eighth grade boys i mean it's just you know it, it was a very difficult process so i think you're right about that colin this conversation in, in various forms has been going on for generations
2: yeah definitely and I, I think you know something like aids is a good example of why um sex education has tremendous value um you know talking frankly with these uh topics that have real health consequences for students um is very important and can significantly better their lives and We're learning more and more, and this was part of my article too, that um, when you tell transgender youth um, that, you know, they don't exist or or like that, you know, this doesn't make sense to me, they have a very high rate of attempted suicide and completed suicide and and simply accepting these students and, and teaching that, you know, in sex ed curriculum today about gender identity and sexual preference that's a very similar development to in my opinion uh teaching about aids when you when you provide students with education you're you're doing a lot to keep them safer um and and we just have new frontiers of that today
1: well so the other you know the the right the other the the i completely lost my train of thought oh yeah you did, to the the point of of transgender youth um having uh, high rates of, of attempted and, and completed suicide rates a uh, school committee member in new bedford melissa costa talked about that when she was on with me not too long ago and said it's not because that they're transgender it's because of the stigmatization and the lack of acceptance of transgender youth in the transgender community that leads to that um so i think it's a, that's important to underscore
2: yeah Yeah, absolutely. So
1: let's take a break. We'll be right back. We're with New Bedford Lights, Colin Hogan.
2: Download the
1: WBSM app and listen to us everywhere. My dad, he's a double amputee and uh, he's one of my favorite people in the world. To me, a hero is someone who fights for a country and freedom. My dad is a hero. Homes for Our Troops built this house, and it's basically made for him. My dad can get through the wide doorways. When he is making our lunch, he can reach anything we need.
2: He'll help me build tiny projects. Life is good here. Without Homes for Our Troops, we'd be living in a home that didn't have all these features
3: that helped him.
0: Homes for Our Troops builds and donates specially adapted custom homes nationwide for severely injured post-9-11 veterans and enables them to rebuild their lives.
1: If they get a new house like this one, it'll help them, like, do normal life. My dad's not just a hero. He's my hero. Join our mission at
0: HFOTUSA.org. Real-time reaction to everything that happens after the sun goes down. Going down till the sun comes up. South Coast Tonight with Marcus and Chris is on WBSM.
1: Hey, hey welcome, welcome back to South Coast Tonight. Um, uh, I'm I'm uh, I'm Marcus. I'm Chris McCarthy, and we have Colin Hogan here, all the way from Mississippi, all the way from Mississippi. So, um, Colin brought the books, actually, that we were talking about. <laughs> we're going to describe them in detail. <laughs> He pawns them at Amazon. Amazing, rather Amazing. Next door.
2: I left the books. I'm sorry. I, I I'm serious. Take a mommy. Gander's
0: next door when you leave.
1: <laughs> 508. Oh, wait. This isn't the liquor store? <laughs> wait, What is this? No, no, someone's going to be walking in there. Oh, wait. I thought this was the liquor store. So, know, next door.
0: In all seriousness, one day I'm going out to the parking lot. Oh, okay. God. I look down in the parking lot. I go hell is that someone had thrown a dvd container right they took the dvds out and they threw the thing down so now i'm like i can't leave this in the parking lot what if a kid's good it was very graphic right it's a pornographic dvd case they took the dvds out they threw the case in in the parking lot right there so i picked it up i walked over to the store i opened the door and and threw it in oh you threw it you just picked it up and threw it in the store in the door i go hey this is in the parking lot come on man like i do whatever you want but
1: x ray lit is not what we, I expected. So we're we're speaking with education reporter Colin Hogan, the New Bedford Light. How are um, they doing with one plus one? I think they're doing well. All right. All right. <laughs> um, I'm I'm trying to think. Is there anything else we haven't hit on with respect to this topic? Like, uh, with but the, what the are bo- things the things you're working topic? on besides the book stuff?
2: Uh, yeah, and, with the
0: education reporting.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, sure. Um,
1: Are you covering
0: the superintendent search here in New Bedford? You did have a piece about that. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah so we can talk about that. Sure. Um, Andrew O'Leary is the current uh, assistant superintendent of finance and operations. Yeah, yeah we know. He's a great guy. Who yeah. at the last uh, New Bedford School Committee meeting was voted on to take on the interim superintendent role uh, in New Bedford. As current superintendent Thomas Anderson is is outgoing. He's headed to East. Hartford. 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 Yeah, yeah his hometown. Um, Andrew O'Leary has been part of the New Bedford District for a long time, I think about 17 years. He started as an educator in the district, um, and the school committee was very um, appreciative of his efforts and complimentary and, and hopeful for his tenure as the interim superintendent. He Which gets big high job. praise from
0: everybody around yeah. the district, yeah. It's a,
2: it's, a, it's a big job. I know he's uh, involved in a lot of the day-to-day, just being the finance person. Whether it's special education, transportation for buses, um, food services or, or building a new school, it all kind of crosses his desk one way or another so um, I in my the course of my reporting he's a person I talk to a lot and I think um, I'm personally uh, excited that <coughs> I someone who knows as much as he does about the district will will be in the superintendency role and
1: mm-hmm. I used to interview him uh, actually when when uh he would come on a lot, you know, yeah. and I'd I, I interview him about uh, all the stuff that's been going on because he, he had a pretty firm grasp on that stuff.
2: Yeah, and he'll be the interim for a year-long term while the school committee takes on a formal search. And they said they, you know, I've talked to several of the school committee members about, you know, what they're looking for. They said, we'll look inside the district, we'll look outside the district. We want to do a full nationwide search. Some of them have said to me that, you know, I hope... Andrew Leary proves himself and, and takes it on full time,
3: mm-hmm. but
2: the the search is going to re- commence regardless. Um, it's a big job, you know. It's the chief executive job for over fifteen hundred employees, mm-hmm. thirteen thousand kids, um, and as I wrote in one of my articles, it's. Uh, Everything from, you know, and as we talked about before I came on, everything from feeding kids to educating them, it's, the schools do a lot for our community. So, it's
1: the biggest budget in any town and city, right, yes. is, is, is the uh, is the school department budget. So yep. we'll be, um, yeah, we'll be we'll, we'll be keeping up with that. Any movement on the Vogue Tech stuff that you've heard of? Because I, I haven't.
2: No, so I talked to um, the Vogue Tech administrators when I was writing a story about that, and there are no plans to make any further changes until further admission cycles. So this year, admissions will be run where half the students are admitted to Voke Tech through a qualified lottery. Yeah, There's um, a, a baseline that students must meet. And if yeah. they do, and it's
1: and it's flat, that's their big thing. Is that it's flat, so you can get a C or an A. It doesn't actually matter. Yep. You're you're considered equally.
2: So once you're once you're in for the qualified lottery's random, yeah, like you explained it. Any yeah. any student can get in. Um, and the other half, they'll continue doing their ranking system. Yeah. Um, and you know, if anyone hasn't been following it, that ranking system is now the subject of a, a federal complaint, where a lot of people have said by ranking students, you're. Either inadvertently or intentionally, you know, but either way, you're you're keeping s- vulnerable students out of the school and, and mm-hmm. students who could benefit out of the school. And they have they have. I mean, you were in that uh,
1: press conference, and and I, and I was too. They had num they had numbers to back that up. Um, it seems like the the demographics in a lot of these schools don't represent their sending districts at all.
2: So, including Bedford Public. Yeah, that's true. And so, when I talked to the administrators, they said. Um, you know, we will only make changes if after this year of what they're calling an experiment, a half and half an experiment. If anything changes, and and there's no plans to make any changes before then. Um, I did talk to Mayor John Mitchell about that too, and and he said, well, you know, I would not want this to be a change made decreed by a whatever investigation follows from the federal complaint. Mm-hmm. So the people who have made the complaint are hoping that there's enough pressure to make changes. Before another application cycle goes by and more students potentially could be left out. Um, But the school said they're not going to make any changes until they get more data from this application cycle. Let's
1: take a break. We'll be right back. Hey, uh, welcome back to South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus Farrow. I'm Chris McCarthy. Boy, I'm really enjoying our conversation with Colin Hogan. Yeah, we're here with Colin Hogan. He's an education reporter at New Bedford Light. Colin, where can people go to see more of your work?
2: Yeah, check us out at newbedfordlight.org. Uh, we have a daily newsletter um, straight to your inbox and newbedfordlight.org. We're on all socials, too. Cool. Um,
1: so we're speaking with Colin Hogan. He's the education reporter at the New Bedford Light. Hey, how how did your experience as a classroom teacher, anything that gives you a lot of
0: credibility with the education establishment? And I would think it would anyway, right? You know the questions to ask. You've had the experience.
2: You know, I I don't try to presume that anyone will trust me just because I was a teacher, but I do think it helps me understand Mm -hmm. what people are going through. Right? Um, You know, even when I get the chance to go into a school and walk around and I ask teachers about like, oh, how many planning periods do they give you? Right. That's the type of question that's a real teacher question. Yes. um, That I I don't think people expect all the time. Um, And so, yeah, I, I think it helps me know what to ask for, know what, schools are like and what teachers care about and what kids care about but i i don't try to presume that anyone would you know give me a pass just because i was a teacher sure sure but you but you do have
0: well also the i I think as a as a reader of yours you can see in your work product that you're asking informed questions and i i I would imagine that you're harder to bs because you know, right? I mean, I hope so. You understand, yeah. right? Which yep. I think is better for your listeners for your readers.
2: Yeah. yeah. I appreciate that. Um and the other thing I'll say about writing about education and education is uh <clears throat> in some capacity they're both about explaining and and getting people to understand something that they may not have known before and um you know, part of our work is in the media is educating people about what goes on and I try to have the same respect for my readers as I did for my students, and, and really respect their intelligence and what they what they want to know coming out of a story. I, as, as one of your readers, I
0: appreciate that um, because, particularly when you're reading about subject you've never really encountered before, right? Um, it is a learning experience, and so you do need to in, not spoon fed. That's you know, but but some some level of that,
2: right? Yeah, absolutely. I think you know when. When we make <coughs> information accessible, that's that's a skill that we do, and in making information accessible without dumbing it down is is the work of good teachers and and good journalists.
1: So we're speaking with Colin Hogan. He's a reporter, uh, uh, education reporter at the New Bedford uh, at the New Bedford Light. You can go to the newbedfordlight.org dot org. Um, to see his work, uh, do you have any? Do you have any social media yourself? Or
2: yeah, I'm on Twitter at by underscore Colin Hogan. Um, I'm not a prolific tweeter, but I am there.
1: <laughs> so you,
2: you, I, are- I'm not either. I,
1: I feel like I, I want to get more followers, but I don't like care to tweet enough. You know, it's it's a lot of work to get a lot of followers. You're gonna be like super engaged. So without you giving up, you know what,
0: what you're working on, but what can people look forward to?
2: Sure. Well, you know, I, I was actually thinking about how I would answer that question if it was asked. And I'll answer it by saying uh, a conversation I had today. Um, I, I had the chance to have a really great conversation with the school adjustment counselor at Keith Middle School. And we talked a lot about what's what's preventing students from being really engaged in their schoolwork and even attending school um, in this post pandemic social media um really fraught time that we're all living in what does that mean for kids and, and especially kids at a, a vulnerable age in their development in, in, at keith middle school so we had a good conversation about what does it take to get kids re-engaged in school attending school more often and that will be uh informing a, some upcoming work of mine
1: excellent so well that's great we look forward to that um how was your uh, what's your if, favorite tv show yeah, you what's your favorite
2: out? tv show that's a great question um, now
1: and forever.
2: I recently finished watching Community. Community's I, great. Community's good. yep. Donald That was Donald
1: Glover's first big role. Yeah. Um, you know, before he became a accomplished ru- uh, actor and showrunner himself. Um, that's a good one. Community's pretty good. Any any others? Chevy Chase. Chevy Chase, yeah, Joel McHale. Yeah, it's a great it's cast. Alison Brie. Um, that annoying girl that that was like a wicked Warren Stan what's her name? Uh I forget. She was the church lady. She was okay. like annoying in the show and annoying in real life.
2: And also Ken Jeong and Ken jong yeah, Ken, Ken yeah, Jeong really good. Yeah, yeah. I mean the fast. the
1: cast was the the cast was loaded.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh anything else? I don't know if I can think of anything right off the top of my head. I was I did not prepare for this question.
1: Well, you'll know next time if yeah. if you'd like to come back. Do you want to come back? I would love to come back. Just, All right, just great.
0: think of goofy stuff and then you'll be fine. Yeah. When you come back next Appreciate time. Appreciate it. We'll ask yeah. you goofy questions like your favorite TV show,
1: mm-hmm. favorite ice
0: cream.
2: You know, that my question for that will upset you. It is my favorite ice cream flavor is vanilla.
3: I think